We all caught up, Julie, from the Builder well, Show. You I'm know. not talking about even work caught up. I mean all caught up. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know about work. Everybody's busy right now. But sleep, yes. I mean, it was one of those times you come home and then you take a three-hour nap on Saturday to recover. And I was sick, too, on top of that. So I had a little extra recovery to do. But yes, I am recovered. It was a great trip, but it was exhausting. How about the you? The older I get, the time change, if I stay too long on the West Coast, it does get to me. I'm like in and out in 48, 72 hours ish, then I'm, I can just stay on my own time and I'm fine. But that was probably until Tuesday where I felt like, then you get that second burst of energy in the evening. Cause it's not really evening. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Do you wake up when you're there at 4 30 AM? I would like oh, you yeah. wide awake at 4 30 mm-hmm. and then you got to find coffee that's open at 4 30 AM. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a good time. Yeah. Well, you know, so we don't have to talk about it later. Let's talk about it now. You were under the weather. I was under the weather. So I was feeling like I had a little cold when I got on the plane. And I think just a long, difficult flight. Lots of people had trouble with flights and just turned it into, I don't know what. So I woke up the day before I was supposed to speak. No voice. Felt terrible. Panicked a little bit. Um, but thank goodness for telehealth. And they gave me all the meds. I mean, I had all the meds. And um, did you also have a a humidifier in your room? Yes. Okay. Fun fact that certain hotels, I just called the front desk. My husband told me this because he goes to Vegas more than I do for work. He was like, ask them for a humidifier. I was like, they're not going to give me a humidifier. So finally I called the front desk and said, do you happen to have a humidifier? Oh yes, ma'am. We'll bring it right up. I was like, hallelujah. So ask for a humidifier. Um, They said some people charge for them. I don't think they charged for ours, but um, yeah. It's way better than my solution, which for years has just been to fill up the bathtub with warm water as soon as I get in the room and just let it sit, right? And just slowly absorbs into the room. You come back later, it works more or less. But we have something else in common then. And I don't think I've talked about this on the podcast before. I think it was 2000 and, well, I guess it would have been eight because that was the first year I think I spoke at the Builder Show. I was on a panel with Steve Shoemaker and somebody else on a session being delivered by Mike and, and Myers. And, oh no, it wasn't. It was a second panel. Oh shoot. Uh, anyway, I was on a panel. Thankfully it wasn't me speaking, but it was like the first time I think the, the, I had been to Vegas at the show and I had also never gambled before. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, 26, 27 years old. <laughs> being exposed to all the things. And my owner had kept me out at the blackjack table until like four in the morning. And so I also couldn't speak right before my session, but it was a hundred percent self-induced. <laughs> I'm just not sleeping. Mm-hmm. And they're like, don't you have to talk? It's like, what time is it? <laughs> I, was in, I didn't have any of my defenses up. Like I now do going in there. Of like, I'm gonna, anyway. Valuable lessons learned. That's right. <laughs> all right, let's get started. Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the podcast from the industry leaders at Do You Convert, where we talk about the current and future state of marketing and online sales for builders and developers across the globe. We're not here to sell you, we're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. Is there a topic you'd like us to cover or a question you'd like us to answer? We'll do it. Simply send an email to show at doyouconvert.com. Welcome to episode 263. I'm Kevin Oakley and with me today is Jackie Lipinski and Julie Jarnigan. Oh, hello. Welcome, welcome. 
And we begin this episode, like every other episode, with story time. 263. I love it. Oh, hey, wait. Yeah. We have to start with we won an award. I, did you talk about that last time? I haven't. It was, it was, we had just won like the night before and we're like, oh, okay, we're an award winning podcast now. Yes. Uh, officially um, the number one educational series for our industry, I think is the technical category. That's like, my kids were like, so what did you win for dad? And I tried to, I think I read the exact category and they're like, what does that mean? It's like, it's the best podcast. How about that? Um, yeah. Best by the definition of the judges as well. So, um, yeah, that's exciting. exciting. And that means we have to do at least another 250. Yep. Definitely. And then I'm pretty sure we'll have nothing else to talk about. <laughs> we hit 500. <laughs> and Julie, thank you for being yeah. gracious enough to accept the award. Uh, people, I guess, to my shock, were asking, like, where's Kevin? I did attend the Nationals at the beginning, and then I... Nationals is normally on Wednesday night or the second day of the show. This year they changed it to the first night, which I think is better probably for, for the Nationals. But I had already scheduled two different events that I was supposed to be at for groups of 30-ish people apiece. And so I made it there to, to say hello and meet everyone. And then I had to go because I had all these people saying, where are you there? And I didn't think anyone was going to miss me at the Nationals necessarily because there's, I mean, just hundreds and hundreds of well-dressed people there who look like they should be at the nationals. Uh, and so I had to leave, but Julie, while sick and with no voice did exactly, I was, I could not be more proud of the way that you accepted the award. Uh, Cause if you haven't been to the nationals, they make a joke out of it. Of like you have, what is it? 15 seconds to say yeah. thank you and then get off the stage. Mm -hmm. Cause there's so many awards. Mm -hmm. And so essentially you told the people what Julie? I said, we're not here to sell you. We're here to help you. Thank you for this award and walked off. Jen Barkin, yes. really like a boss. Yes. Like, and Jen came up with me because she's our number one fan yeah. favorite person on the podcast. Yeah. We can't call her a guest because she can No, come she's not a she guest. Wants, she's in fact, we will be recording uh, tomorrow. We're going to record a little 10 minute segment from all of us that were at the show. Uh, and we'll insert that into this episode. So later on, you'll hear from Jen as well. And um, But yeah, th thanks so much to the judges. Uh, no one broke the news. We had no idea we were going to win uh, or lose. I wasn't leaving because I thought we weren't going <laughs> to win or whatever. All right. Uh, story time. Jackie, you want to go first? Yeah, sure. I, uh, I had a builder who they had a new product line. And they're like, we want to talk about this product line. Here's the creative writing. Here's the landing page. And then it was like, uh, stop. What? what is this product? Okay. Well, the product is actually, it's a new lower price, slightly smaller home in a, a completely new price bracket. And so the, the story there is sometimes you as a home builder have this great vision for how you're going to promote something, but we have to keep remembering that the most important story is how it benefits the potential buyers. And we have to tell that story first. And so the story first that we talked through and around and why it was positive is it's a newer, lower price product and it's a slightly smaller, but it's targeting new home buyers and creating more opportunities. And so we want to change the storyline around that. And once they think they, they got that, they could shift their, their internal positioning and messaging story into a more successful strategy. 
And so that was also if any builders are, are thinking or working way too hard on a, a vision of this collection series, just know that let, let's just get the benefits to the buyers, potential buyers quicker with price mm-hmm. point, the home details, and again, how it benefits them. Sorry, creative writers, um, but sometimes the, the data and price points and details, um, if it's a lower price point, option is yeah well, I think I think the context too around this conversation because it was one that I was on as well when we got a little bit more of the details I was like tell me about this like is it different in terms of included feature and like no it's just smaller am I okay um is it only available in certain no they can put it anywhere okay is it inventory only like we're just going to be building spec homes and you're going to need to get on a wait list or because there's going to be limited availability or if I want to just build it on a home site can I do that uh from scratch. Yeah. It's just all the same. (laughs) And so the more of it was like, I think if you were truly doing something different, going to a different place, there might need to be more of that. But in this case it was, and we talked a lot about series and collections of homes, which uh, again, you have yet to see where that has really stuck in the mind of the consumer. People will show me data saying, Oh, series and collections absolutely work because look at, you know, sales data or whatever. But they don't know what that means and they have a ton of questions around why can't I put this feature in that home or why can't I build this floor plan in that neighborhood? It's still going to come up and the salesperson is still going to have to answer it. Uh, and so like if it's truly different then maybe, uh, or even probably, but if it's just, you know, 200 square feet smaller, so you can offer a price point 20 grand less than another house, it can be that simple. Now, I think the other thing we did talk about though was, the people who are already in the system might like if, if contacts are already in the CRM, you could just communicate to them and say, Hey, we have a brand new floor plan. Uh, but you could maybe give them a little more context about why it was built. But if someone's brand new and they're just searching for a new home in a geographic area, what they really care about is, Oh, look, the starting price point mm-hmm. is great. Um, yeah, I, I think that's, that's really good. And in this corner, Julie, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love that. She, she feed me I, up a little bit on, on this, Jackie. This is great. This is not, but like two different perspectives for sure. of the yeah. same thing. So we don't plan this out ahead of time. And a, long, a lot of times our story times end up kind of going together, but also the opposite. So I looked at what Jackie put for her notes for story time and it said, sorry, creative writers. And I was like, I'm talking about creative writing today. And I'm talking about that, but we're on the same page. So it's awesome. Yeah. So um, do y'all know what the shoes Rothies are? Yes. They They're like... like Women's shoes, you can wash them in the machine. Yeah, the flats, super comfortable. I need to know because it makes me feel smart. Mm-hmm. Did you say washies? Rothies. R O T H Y. Oh, okay. I thought you said women's washies. Sorry, they can go in the washing machine, which is a unique benefit somehow. Got it. They're Rothies. I got a pair for Christmas. They're amazing. They're so comfortable. You can wash them, all these good things. So I went online because I wanted to see if there were any on sale. So then I, you know, I like a bargain um, to, to get another pair. And I noticed that they're, they didn't have a sale category. They had an archive event. So they, I just thought it was interesting that the marketers, copywriters, creative writers just positioned it in a different way and just how they put it, you know, our, our products go through a life cycle and it was a whole thing. All that to say, you don't need to necessarily, you don't need to put your homes on an archive event to sell, but sometimes we forget that when we're putting these things online, stop for a second, consider all the different things you could say, price reduction. Do we want a red 
tag sell or do we want a, a price adjustment? Do we want a new featured price? Like there are options and there's different reasons to choose different options. Mm-hmm. And yeah. all this talk about, um, you know, AI writing and chat GPT, it can give you ideas, it can do things, but then that's going to give you extra time to stop. Think about your audience. Think about what the true value is. Mm-hmm. And then also though, don't get too fancy. Sometimes the simple answer is the best in the end, but you just need to stop Think about these things. And um, that just caught my eye. That was an archive event. It doesn't have to be a sell section on your website. It can be something else if you just yeah. give it a little thought. Well, what that reminds me of is a lot of people focus on creating content, thinking it's going to draw the masses to their front door. And what you're describing is content that justifies the reason to choose that brand or to pay that price premium for that product versus a knockoff. I mean, that's one of the things home builders definitely can learn from retail is in retail, the brand is incredibly important because distribution is, is essentially everywhere with digital. And that used to be the main differentiation. Like, are you on sex, you know, on fifth Avenue or are you not? Uh, now that physical address doesn't have the same thing. So you have to defend your own product that's likely to get knocked off in a week by something else that's sold from China or another place by telling some of that story. But again, most of the time when owners or people who are the ones who, who sign the checks or give the thumbs up, like, is this going to make me more sales this month? Maybe not, but it, it is that justification to tell someone else, like, I don't understand. Why are you looking at this home or this car or whatever? And not that one that seems to be a better value. Well, because they don't have all these things. And that that isn't a reason to buy, but it's a reason to defend your choice or communicate your choice back to other people in the buying process, et cetera. Like there, there's absolutely value to it. It's just not, you know, Jackie, in your case, it's like, how do we announce this new thing to the world in a way that gets everyone's attention? Well, it's the price, it's cheaper. <laughs> You know, but that doesn't mean that once it's there that you don't need to defend or have content about the fact that, yes, it is a less expensive home, but it's still fully livable, like uh, more life per square foot kind of an idea, you know, that you can still put a lot of life into this home, but it is lower in square footage. But I wouldn't mean anything in an ad, like it's not going to make me, I'd rather, we know the conversion rate will be higher on the ad if it just has a lower price. Um, I'm going to do a little buffet style. That seems to be what I do anymore. I don't have cohesive (laughs) thoughts of becoming senile, but I've, I've talked to a couple owners, uh, and leadership teams and a couple of these things just keep hitting me. One was uh, a marketer made the statement in front of their owner that it seems like they're opining for the good old days when, you know, you had a little bit of traditional advertising, you had a little bit of digital all the walk-in traffic came so you could, you know, you could uh, look and observe the physical activity that was there and salespeople were talking about, you know, they're busy and what's going on and just kind of this glorification of what life was like uh, eight years ago or so. And it just hit me that that's exactly what it sounds like. It's glorification of a time. It's like when we talk about the good old days in the pioneer era uh, yeah, no, thanks. Like I'm not going back there. Yeah. I wouldn't survive more than a week or two. 
but you can glorify that and kind of make it seem better than it was. So I think we should, as marketers, be willing to defend or tell the story about why the the good times are he, right here, right now. Because we have, again, like we were just talking about, we have this ability to reach anyone, anywhere, digitally. Um, so try to follow me if you can, apologies in advance. But in 2008, there was an opportunity, if you as a builder were willing to spend a lot of money, you could gain market share because everyone else cut back on billboards and print and everything else. And in terms of share of voice and awareness, you could dominate by simply spending the same amount or a slightly bit more because it was cost prohibitive. You're like, we can't afford to run that ad every weekend if it's 12 grand a pop. Well, it doesn't matter how bad the market gets. Every one of your competitors is going to run ads on Google forever until they go out of business. And so in this market, you can't have that same idea of I'm just going to outspend. I'm just going to do more, which is a, which is a blessing and a curse. But remember the, I'm using air quotes uh, for those of you who can't see the video. Remember the good old days when walk-in traffic came into a sales center and their experience was, Hey, Jackie, or hi, thanks for stopping in. Take a tour. Let me know if you have any questions. Uh, no, I'm not going to register you. No, I'm not going to get up out of my chair. We really want to go back to sending all of our pro best prospects through that experience first. Is that really what we want to do? Uh, uh, and do we really want to spend that kind of money with no data? And that that we'll talk about this a little bit when we record the the IBS recap, but the thing that everyone kept coming up to me was saying fourth quarter was scary. We're happy homes are selling in January. But what really made the fourth quarter scary was we had no points of reference. We didn't know what to do or what to try or even what wasn't working. We just realized we weren't as good as what we thought we were. And no one could really explain with math or data, like using the market proof algorithm, what to even try to do or what the problem was. And the search was on to try to try to get that. So the good times are here now. We have more visibility as marketers. We have more access to customers. We have we have chat GPT and all these services that can make our lives better. Um, I just think like and, and what's what's hard is we're just still in love with that era. Even, you know, I'm, I'm going to turn 42 in March. And it's like, yeah, there is part of me that's like, remember when Facebook and Instagram ads were just so awesome, like they're still awesome but they were so awesome four years ago. And now, you know, now they're just kind of awesome at times. And so even me, I'm like, I kind of do glorify that, but there's opportunities right now. There's always opportunities. Yeah. I think that's the fun thing about the future is that we don't even know, you know, in chat GPT, what just came out in November, like before that, you're kind of always waiting for the next big thing. And every year there's usually one big thing. So I feel like we, there still is, unique opportunities to be had that we're not even aware of that, that might come up down the pipeline of the year yep. to, to try and solve that problem. So item number two on the Kevin Oakley buffet is the concept of sales teams right now demanding more traffic or wanting more traffic and also still encouraging, and this has been going on since the dawn of time. Hey, marketer, please make sure you uh, communicate clearly something that might become an objection later in advance. And that is something that we can't let happen when we're trying to grow the amount of traffic and leads to the sales team. So you might need to do a training or, or discuss this uh, 
with your, with your teams. But the concept is this, and I'll use a specific example from this week over a builder who is releasing a new section or a new community where they're going to have uh, homes on slab and homes with a unfinished basement. And again, just like before, it was like, well, what else is really different between these two? I mean, they are different floor plans, but the main difference is just the basement. Okay, got it. What they were about to do was to say, we have homes on a slab from 375 and homes on a basement from 425, let's say. So there's going to be a $50,000 price difference between those two products, but they were going to market it as two different price points. Why? Because the sales team doesn't want to be the bad people to say, oh, you know, if, like the best thing to do from a marketing messaging standpoint, to be clear, would be to say new homes coming here from 375 slab and, and full basement homes available, or just don't even just say the price point and say, we have 14 floor plans to choose from. But then what would happen is the objection in the, in, it would happen when they met with the salesperson of, but I wanted the full basement for 375. Well, of course you did. I mean, who, who doesn't? I'm so excited that that's, I mean, it's shocking to me that you would want the basement for 375, but the basement's 425. And that tension, salespeople want to avoid it generally. The really good ones don't, but we have to remind salespeople that if they want more traffic, it will mean more objections. And just say that again, like we can just deliver you sales ready leads through the online sales program that are ready to go. If you're comfortable getting one of those a month or one every other month or whatever. But if the moment you say, no, we would rather see 15 people, that means more objections and more discovery is taking place on the sales floor. But that's a good thing because they're in front of you and you can overcome that objection. Whereas if we over communicate, that objection hits and the customer just says, never mind. So what I, does that sound reasonable? Yeah, I feel like over the last, you know, when the market was crazy, we were actually disqualifying people really yeah. early in the process because we were just, there were so many people, our OSCs were overwhelmed and um, it's a different market. And yeah, it's just going to take some training for the salespeople to realize what, why that is. I think it feels new to them because they got used to not having to deal with that. Every person was, you know, buyer ready because that's what the OSCs were trained to do. Marketing was trained to do. It's just, it's, it's going to be different and they're going to have to get used to the used to the change. I, I think it's also as a difficulty sometimes for marketers to say, no, no, <laughs> the best strategy. No, that's not what we should do. I actually emailed a builder yesterday because their homepage before the fold was 50% their promotion, 50% the terms and conditions in the, in huge fonts. And I'm like, why are you scaring people away? Just put a little link and say, see the terms and conditions. We don't need to over explain in the first introduction to what we're trying to talk about. And I think that's a, the, the consistent message that we're, we're trying to push here. Yeah. And I'm thinking of a couple of marketers I've known in my time where they say no too often. So there is a balance, but generally marketers are, are, are pleasers who, who, you know, want to make the sales team or whoever just get rid of the pressure. So I'll give it a shot. But yeah, you do have to be able to, if not say no, explain why the out, you can help them get the outcome they want, but not through the path they're trying to prescribe uh, because they, they just don't know necessarily. So those are, those are two things I would say is that the good times are here now uh, and not in the past and make sure that, and again, I'm over communicating because people take it out of context and I'm saying, don't tell people the truth. 
or hide information. That is not what I'm talking about. But the intentional omission of things that they can learn later on in the process. And I'm also the first one to say that you should be able to learn through that process digitally, but that doesn't mean it's the first thing that smacks you when you hit the community page, that there are these two different price points. Uh, we just, we've lost the idea of micro conversions and nurturing. It's like, here it is. Do you want it? And there's kind of nothing in between right now. All right. On to the news. Uh, people celebrating national OSC day. Yeah. We're recording this on national OSC day. And you know, one of the first things bad habit, I know I'm going to have people tell me, Kevin, you got to stop doing this, but I, I wake up and I look at LinkedIn. I look at Twitter. Uh, sometimes I still go to Instagram, Facebook, definitely don't go to TikTok. but I, and already at, at 6 15 AM people were posting about their OSC and how awesome they loved it. And, uh, so, and, and I don't know, maybe you, you two know, Jen Barkin said that according to Google, it's also an official holiday now. If you Google national OSC day, it'll pop up February 9th. It's just, it's pulling from, you know, um, oh, search, search results. results. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. But it <laughs> pops up. Like if you just Google it, it pops up that yes, it's That's on February awesome. 9th. And we are the first for that Google search. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So no, it's been fun to see everything that people have been posting. We've heard about, you know, flowers and gift cards and thank you notes and um, social media shout outs. So it's, it's always fun. And we, we love our OSCs and we love our OSC coaches. So happy national OSC day oh, there to all go. our, do you convert OSC coaches and all the other, you know, our marketing managers who are OSC managers. And we don't have to get into it here, but Jackie, I need you to remind me about the origin. We don't have to, again, but okay. didn't marketers come up with the uh, national OSC day idea? I... Just saying <laughs> there's no national new home marketing day yet, but the marketers were, That's we nice. were thinking about you OSCs when this idea was created. I feel like it was Jackie and Andrew Peake that came up with this idea together, but I could be wrong. It's, I feel like it's been talked about, but it was also, I think, a Mike Lyons spearheaded. He's like, let's celebrate our anniversary and OSCs all in one day. So, yeah. Uh, big thing. But yeah, it's it's been fun to see. And I also just love, um, it's kind of like, oh, like any OSC, they like to one-up each other. So mm. <laughs> I know that Jen's doing a competition too, where it's like, submit what happened this week. For your builder and um, and marketers are are taking. Oh, that's fun! Back. Yeah, they, salespeople love a good contest yeah. online Healthy or off competition. on site. <laughs> All right, we're going to talk about um, the International Builders Show, but there's a link in the show notes to our written recap as well uh, to what we're going to talk about in the recording. So next up from CNN.com, real estate agents say they can't imagine working without ChatGPT now, and um, I, I thought this was interesting. You guys can pull some of your favorite quotes from this if you want, but there is another Inman news article where one group of agents were arguing that this was the most amazing thing ever. And another group of agents were saying, you're going to devalue all of us because why would anyone pay you for your service if they can just use ChatGPT themselves to write a, a listing and hit and, you know, copy paste it in. So it's definitely being used in the used home world. Um, the, the cat's out of the bag. Yeah, you can't ignore the invention of a car and you can't ignore the invention of ChatGPT. I think it is it is too 
problem solving, forward facing, disruptive to to kind of dismiss. And I think that the agents who are utilizing it, you're really just recognizing that you have a shortcoming potentially when it comes to creative writing that most people, unlike Julie Jarnigan, um, do. And so Julie's a great, great writer. Um, and so they're just trying to fill that void in their life that even in the article, they just talk about, like, I know this is something that takes me all the time. If you just put it in the home descriptions, it plugs it out and it can create it in whatever kind of emotional um, phrase or how you want to, to word it or really highlight specific details. So um, again, the biggest thing is everyone's like, you still have to edit it. You can't solely rely on this because there is sometimes slightly incorrect data or they'll, they'll phrase something not as you want. So um, it is just a good launching point for creative writing to, to get a fast start um, for writing a home description. So I'm all for the forward thinking real estate agents who are using this. Um, what, are you, what are your thoughts, Julie? Yeah, no, I mean, I totally agree that it is a great tool and it makes things faster. Um, if there are realtors who think that their main value is in writing a, a house description, then they're struggling a little bit. Your value needs to be other places as well. So that's kind of crazy that they say that. 100%. You also have to remember that if you're using it, everybody else is using it. So all the, you know, everybody's getting that time back and everybody's descriptions are going to start sounding, they won't all be the same, but also use it, use it as a tool, but also then you have to go to the next level and give things a little human creativity on it to then stand out from the level that now everybody else is at. So it's a great tool. If, whether it's going to transform, I think somebody said it's going to transform the industry yeah, it's a good tool and you should use it and you should play with it. And I love it, but you know, you should yeah. also have some, some human skills to add on top of it. <laughs> that kind of reminds yeah. me of those people who have really bad listings. So then they'll put like cardboard cutouts in all the photos. Like you, sometimes you do need an extra marketing element, but it's not, you know, don't, don't always do that and don't make that your shtick. Well, I just, I keep, I'm, I'm here for the calculator analogy for the rest of, of time, because to me, you know, I posted, Hey, you can now pay $20 a month to kind of get ahead of the line. You don't, it doesn't get shut down. Uh, so you can use chat GPT unlimited and get access to new iterations of it potentially earlier, um, or different things they're, they're testing out. And so I was like, what well, do you think it's worth that or not? And I think it's really interesting that the majority of the feedback that I got was, no. And either, you know, kind of like U.S. presidents having no idea what a gallon of milk is. Like, I, I don't feel like I'm that out of touch, but I didn't even put it on my company credit card. I put it on my own card. I was like 20 bucks a month for like, if I use that four times to mm -hmm. save myself five minutes each, it is worth 20 bucks. I yeah. can't imagine again, trying to do math without access to the calculator on my computer or my phone. And I love writing and I like, I, I think writing is one of, if not the highest forms of thought and structuring ideas. And there's parts of this whole thing that drive me crazy because I, got, I couldn't outline my thoughts using chat GPT well, but for inspiration or iteration on existing thoughts, or even just to, you know, you can use it to find holes in your own writing without even asking it to. So if you ask it to, to give a list of 10 things that people might be worried about a subject, the first seven, I'm like, well, duh. Mm -hmm. But then one of them is like, oh, I didn't think about that. 
kind of like I, it's really hard for me to come from the perspective of my 13 year old daughter on a lot of things, right? I'm like, sorry, Sydney, dad's an old man and you're a teenage girl, but it just helps you be a better writer because I can address uh, concerns that I might not have even thought of. But I, I was like, you know, I think Anya was the only one who responded with take my money. I can't function without it. Everyone else is like, maybe later. And I really just, I was, I was shocked by that. Yeah. That um, surprises me too. It could also be the embarrassment of marketers admitting how much they lean on it. That might be if they're, if they have started leaning on it. Well, I, go, I think that goes back to Julie's point of like, you're all, I mean, you're a bad writer then. Like, it, like I, I hate to be that blunt about it, but if then you're probably not a great marketer because of your writing skills, if you'd be embarrassed to use it. Does that make sense? Like, I feel like Julie, you're, you're obviously you've published multiple books. I've published a book, but I like to write a lot mm -hmm. and I feel zero embarrassment about saying, yeah, it helps me write closing paragraphs on things really well. Because that's a thing I struggle with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A list of titles, a list of ideas. Yeah. And I think you do have to play with it a little bit to figure out how to use it best. Don't use it. Try it once. That was cool. And then never, you do have to kind of toy with it, try things out and you kind of learn ways that it works best for you. Yeah. Even if you're somebody like Google or Alphabet, you might have to try it a few times because <laughs> next up from investors.com, Google stock tumbles nearly 8% after BARD, uh, the new AI system that Google is, is saying is going to rival chat GPT, um, messed up on an answer to a question used in advertising and in a live demo. It's crazy because it's still there. Like they didn't pull it. So it was... Uh, <laughs> It was a third bullet point about the telescope discoveries. And it was, uh, what did they say? It, it just talked about, oh, this is the first time these sort of pictures were taken. It was like from scratch. No, it actually wasn't. And like, here's the actual facts. But I, I think that's why even when you open ChatGPT, it's like, do not take this information with, you know, take make it your own. There, there are inaccuracies and we're also just okay at math. Um, so I think, especially for ads, like, of course you should spell check and maybe push the right messaging behind it, but that it drops 8% in value is definitely a big oops, I think, for their company. Yeah. Now, lest you think that we don't care about brands, because we do here at Do You Convert, um, oh, Brad Gerstner, who's a famous investor, apparently he heard Rich Barton, because this is a quote attributed to Rich Barton, and then it links to an, an article that is hilariously accurate or just... Um, just shows how smart of a person Rich is. He said, Bard, I give it a two or three out of 10. Pretty poor. It's not a made up word. No high point Scrabble letters. The syllable is better than three, but I, one syllable is better than three, but I like two. There is some visual appeal and the Bard definition isn't bad, but sounds like hard. And so basically Rich was saying, not a good uh, naming convention. And then Brad linked to an article that Rich wrote back in May of 2009, talking about the completely honorable made up consumer brand. Uh, and he outlines basically how Zillow came to be. And so one of the concepts of like high point Scrabble letters, I mean, it's just not commonly used. So it's a, it was an indication of you should consider using those letters because you're not going to have as much competition. Zillow, two syllable word. Anyway, I just thought that was hilarious that <laughs> 
these two I don't know, probable billionaires or, or more are talking about. And that's what makes Twitter so interesting to me is you can mm-hmm. be part of that conversation. Anyway, I think it's a terrible name. Yeah, I, I mean, like I know those, those are the folk singers, right, in the Middle Ages, bards. Uh, it kind of reminds me of Jeeves, which is dead. Like, it's just mm-hmm. kind of a little, little too butlery of a term that I'm already associating with a dead company. But that might just be my, like, brand, like, my first impressions of it. And it yeah. does yeah. Last thing in the uh, AI science corner of today's episode, have either of you used Bing now that it incorporates ChatGPT? Oh. See, no, this is, it it's screwed. It's not going to work. Um, I just think it was such a miss to put it into Bing and not just say Microsoft has a brand new search experience. Mm-hmm. Get rid of all that old baggage around it. But what's cool is now when you do a search on Bing, if it is a narrative-based question or prompt that you give it, it knows what that it should give you back an answer using ChatGPT. So I think the example it used was, I'm hosting five people for a dinner party, suggest a great three-course meal uh, with chicken as one of the ingredients. And it will give you a GPT-like response. Or if you just type in Kevin Oakley, it's going to give you a search result just like it would today. So I think it's pretty interesting that they're not having two different experiences, but a single experience. So, and then right in the end of that article, I thought there was a very interesting sentence that we haven't brought up yet, where it was an unnamed Google exec voice concerns that this text heavy query search result could cut its um, ad in e-commerce revenue, which um, ac- accounts for 77% of the company's latest last corner. So it's also like you're trying to keep up with the times of how you're answering, but are you also potentially losing out on like who, who evaluates that the search term does that just gets an ad delivered or is automatically um, serve to people. So I think that'll be interesting. Well, you're not going to click on an ad if it's giving you the answer. So they're going to have to come up with a new ad format or product. It could be, you know, an intentional three second. I mean, we don't need more short form video, five second ads, but I could see them trying something like that of, yeah, we're getting the answer for you. Just here, watch this soap commercial. That sounds but terrible. Some, some, <laughs> the challenge for, for the immediate future is someone's going to keep giving this away for free. Because Pandora's box is open and someone making a new version of it is not going to be nearly as hard as the first iteration or two of it. And it's just going to continually become a race to the bottom, I think, is what they're scared of if they can't get something that really competes quickly now. All right. Um, Julie, let's take a break from Science Corner. Okay. Uh, Do you want to give us just a quick overview for for the session, the title session that you delivered? at the show uh, was, and then a quick synopsis for the, I mean, that's what you're going to hear. Cause you always hear this after the show is encore webinar presentation. You, if you missed the show, you can hear it here. So you can hear it here. Yeah, eventually. absolutely. So um, I presented with Mindy and Anya on 23 digital marketing tools and trends for 2023. Um, Mindy talked a lot about, Google tools, you know, analytics and SEO research and that kind of thing. Um, I talked mostly about content and what I kind of expect to see to be the trends this year. Um, We've already talked about it a little bit, but live video, I think, is still going to be a big deal. The people who have experimented with it already are having lots of success, Um, especially people like Tilson who are just connecting Um, and answering the tough questions with their home buyers. Um, I think we're going to see more and more of that this year. Um, I talked a little bit about quizzes and surveys. I think 
because a couple things we have um, people who are in our system. I, I mean, I think Mike and Jen have been talking about how over the last few years, it's like 70% of our CRM right now is just over the last, what it is, is it two years? Yep. Um, so it's a lot of those re, um, unresponsive people that we need to interact with again. So any kind of interactive content that is going to get people to respond back and kind of stick their toe in. Um, but we've also seen it used for people more on an awareness level too, of just trying to get people to get some interaction from those people who are nervous. So we talked a little bit about that, um, talked a little bit about local content, especially with things like all this chat GPT. I think the more relevant content you can have over this next year, um, the better it's going to perform because you're going to see more generic things out there. Um, and then the other one that I got a lot of feedback from, and I think a lot of people are dealing with right now is marketing individual homes. So we haven't had individual finished filled homes out in the world to market. And all of a sudden we have all these on our books and we have forgotten how to sell one, one home, one home at a time. Yeah. So we just talked a lot about you need content for those homes. You need a plan for how to get all the content for those homes. You need a plan for distribution. You need a plan for updating that content. I so, think we should have um, a realtor on to talk about selling one home at a time. Cause I think, I think that's what realtors do. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's going to be a big, a big focus this year. And people have to get back in the practice of, of remembering that we have to sell actual homes, not just communities, not just new phases, but mm -hmm. a home. So uh, it was yeah. great. And Anya talked a little bit about chat GPT. So that was fun. Uh, you could see a lot of people were learning about it for the first time. And that's fun too. So um, it was a good session. It was 830 in the morning and we had a full house. So I was excited about oh, that. Awesome. We didn't, we didn't know the morning after the nationals if everybody was going to be there that early, but it was good. We were happy with it. Awesome. All right. Back, back to the news. That was a good, good palate cleanser <laughs> uh, from the real deal. Digging into Lennar and Elon Musk's project. Amazing. So Elon has been floating around housing and kind of like Amazon, everyone is both intrigued and terrified at the idea of someone like him getting involved in the space. It's a company called Boxable that apparently uh, Elon has a home uh, that he purchased from, which is a modular uh, construction company. Um, <clears throat> but what's happening here is Elon needs a lot of houses for employees of his to live in uh, that is affordable and available. And it looks like he had, so for, for the boring company. And so Elon has, has joined forces with Lennar to essentially like prepay and say, Hey, let's partner on this together uh, to make this happen. So, you know, Musk says the Tesla Gigafactory in Pflugerville, for example, alone could employ 20, could employ 20,000 or more people. 110 homes is just a drop in the bucket of what is going to be necessary. So in some ways, what you're seeing is just like what happened in the Bay Area in San Francisco, where all these companies had nowhere for people to live. I remember, I think it was like 2009 and 10, they started like launching their own bus lines to like have private busing in and out because there wasn't enough places for people to live. And, and now they're going to these other places, tech is, and there's not enough homes to meet the demand. And so they're doing what they call Project Amazing. Uh, the Boring Company is going to create, um, which we all experienced at the show this year. Tesla had their, um, well, the Boring Company and Tesla had 
uh, the ability to go from one hall to another <clears throat> or to resort world by a Tesla going through the boring uh, tunnel. And so they're going to create a new place near Bastrop that's also going to have um, the ability to use this new way to avoid traffic. So homes with more homes with less traffic is kind of, I think the amazing thing they're going for is we don't have to create this impact on at least the road system if people want to live here. Yeah, I think it's, for me, it's exciting to see somebody come in and shake something up just because I want to see what they do, whether it works or doesn't work or Whatever it is, I think sometimes it's it's good for all of us just for something new to come in and kind of shake everything a little bit, and then we reset from there. So um, I'm curious to see what it is, and just kind of want to see what happens. Yeah, and again, I'm I continue to be impressed with all of the different opportunities that Lenar is taking advantage of. Um, I talked about this, about this at the Builder 100 conference when I was there, but it's amazing to me that more large scale home builders and developers are not partnering with technology companies and innovating um, really around the whole space because the, as soon as they find a product that does work, they can both invest in it, which Lenx does, it's their venture arm, uh, and then spec it into their own communities or properties. And I just think, I mean, again, good good for Lennar for continuing. They, they have, uh, they're also the builder doing the project with Icon in Austin, 3D printing um, mm -hmm. homes, although the price point is maybe too high. Uh, it's not really, anyway, I think we already talked about that, but uh, good job, Lennar. Keep, keep pushing us all forward. All right. Uh, we'll take a quick break and then when we come back, we'll do the segment on the Builder Show with Julie, Jen, Mike, myself, and Carla Tutin. And then, I don't know, through the magic of podcasting, favorites. All right. So here we are due to podcast magic, hanging out with Mike Lyon, Carla Tutin, Julie Jarnigan, and Yay. Jen Barkin. Woo. Hello. Yay. <laughs> Decompressing. Everyone's uh, jet lag is over, or is it just this forty-two year, almost forty-two year old Mine's guy? Mine's not over yet. Oh, it's a real thing. I always thought it was just made up. Like people wanted an excuse well, to not hang out with. What you I heard was that however many days you're gone is how many days it takes hmm. to recover. Well, then you should have been so, recovered by now, right? No, nah, man, I was gone for like five days. This is yeah. rapid fire. So we're going to jump in. We're each going to give our, you know, handful of highs or uh, key points that we took away from this year's show. And then we'll tease each other about it is my hunch is what's going to happen. So Jen Barkin, you're up first. Oh man. It was a magical builder show this year. Uh, it was probably one of my favorites. I would say first and foremost, it's always good to see the DYC crew in person and see some of our builder uh, clients, partners, our industry friends. It's like summer camp, except it's in Vegas, adult summer camp, maybe in Vegas in the winter. Um, but the overall vibe was super positive. Everybody seemed to be um, just hopeful for what they're experiencing right now in January. There was some, you know, online sales education, which I love to see, although I wish it was more. 
um, out there for online sales being you know, it's time for its own track or something, right? That's what I think. I mean, I think we just, we need like a technical track. We need, we need definitely more education there. So, but it's always good to see, um, online sales represented for sure. I think there was less sales and marketing folks there this year, I would say, but those that were there were super pumped and engaged and, um, lots of chatter. Lots of chatter in the hallways about um, how online sales programs have just evolved and are so important in builders' organizations. Was hearing more of that this year than I have in the past. I think with that 50% contribution rate, everybody's like, yeah, this is actually a really big deal. Mm -hmm. And lots of talk about customer nurturing and personalization, which I go, okay, who does customer nurturing and personalization best? Online sales. Yay. It still is. I think we talked about this yeah. on another episode. Yeah. It's the only part of the customer journey that is highly prescriptive and has yeah. and, and a and that process is followed mm -hmm. the majority of the time as prescribed. Absolutely. So those were some big things. Um, of course, I, you know, a highlight for me was being nominated for online people talking. I graciously uh, accepted, along with Julie, your award, Kevin, because yes. you won gold. No, um, no, no. Do you convert one? We all won. Do you, you're okay, you're do the you number convert? one non-guest yeah, guest. I don't, ever I don't have. know about that. I think that was a consolation. <laughs> I think you're trying to make me feel better about. Can you guys? Can you guys silver. see the competitiveness of Jen sneaking <laughs> yeah, I'm out? Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying to to curtail it a little bit for, for you guys, but no, that was super exciting. And, um, just being able to hang out with, with Julie and, and Carla and Mike and you at the awards was super fun. Were there and, any, um, visits to the ER attempted kidnappings or, you know, last time you were on, you were filling us in on everything that happened in Austin. Um, oh man. Hey, just what happens in Austin stays in Austin. Vegas, Vegas. was mild. No, what happens, <laughs> what happened in Austin, we're just okay. keeping that over there. Just stay weird, Austin. Vegas was a dream. Yeah. Uh, it was super cool to have my husband there uh, for part of it. He was there for work too. So I think he kind of has a glimpse into what I do now. Oh yeah. Mike, didn't he say something about like, or maybe Jen, you were telling me that like you are famous. Yeah, no, I, I sat when we sat <laughs> on the front row. So Jen, so Jen, I guess I'll, I'll kind of, this is a perfect segue. Great job. Okay. Yeah. One of the highlights for me, obviously is Jen's six year anniversary was February 1st. And yes. that was the day she was speaking at the sales rally and she did a great job. So I'm on the front row and Andrew was there. So him and I are, and, and we've never met in person. We've talked on the phone a couple of times, but we've never met in person. And I turned to him and I say, um, you know, she's builder famous. I was like, you may not know this. I was like, but she's like, builder famous. Who? Yeah. <laughs> I said, she, she, people know who she is and they listen to her. He's like, yeah, I kind of hear that around the house, but I don't, I, I didn't really recognize it. I was like, and she's just so great because she puts out such great energy and, and people love her. So that was a, that was a special treat for me for sure. Um, just watching that and seeing that and getting, getting to experience that with Drew, Andrew, her husband. Um, <laughs> And it's like, I, where's that energy at home? Uh, we're going to need, she wastes it. <laughs> she wastes it all on our, do you convert clients yeah. and, and yeah. online sales specialists? But, um, 
Yeah, I was, uh, Julie and I were walking. I don't remember what day this was, Julie, maybe the last day. I can't remember, but we had, we could come, she talk or not talk. That's how she, you <laughs> she was. I she sound was like fig- a smoker. I could talk a little. <laughs> she was, it sounded like she was at the golden nugget all night, the night before. <laughs> but Smoking cigars. We were just kind of talking about highlights and, 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 you know, what f- fun things are having. She asked it back to me and, and I said, you know, it's so interesting you know, this is my 17th year at the show. And for the longest time, when I started, do you convert like everything at the show? Like it was business time. Like I was going there to network, work, meet people, talk to builders, and it was on overdrive. And I said, the coolest thing about this experience with everybody there is watching everybody do their thing. And all that weight isn't on just me, or even when Kevin started just me and Kevin, like everything that we're doing um at the show it's it's kind of distributed and it just felt so different and i was like that's the most exciting thing just to see the growth of do you convert and the growth of our people and we're so proud and having carla there i just said it was so fun watching carla who i would say is an ambervert like she's not an introvert she's not an extrovert she's kind of like right in the middle just coming out and and talking to builders and getting excited about the new offerings that we have all that was fantastic. The show was great. It was definitely good vibes, like for sure. Like I think builders are feeling positive um, compared to just a couple of months ago. And I enjoyed it. And if you don't go to the builder show, we we always encourage you to go because even if it's not straight up education or the show floor, you know, I wrote this in the in in my highlight and takeaway. It's what's happening in the margins are just so valuable for your career and for learning. And I learned from others and and people that I see over and over again, but also new people and builders and what they're doing and how it's working and what success looks like. I just love it. I love the Builder Show. It's phenomenal. Um, and it's a great time for us just to go and participate in this industry that we love so much. I feel like day one in particular was the best um, energy and volume of participation by everybody there. Like... 2022 should have been just as exciting, but everyone was, didn't know how to conference and they were tired by like 10 AM. That is true. (laughs) That is true. That's so funny. I was thinking, I didn't say this to you guys, but in sales central, I remember having that conversation like 87 times last year Yeah. of like, Oh my gosh, this takes a lot of work. And it's like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta work up to get your, Mm -hmm. get your people skills back in place. And everybody had been hiding in their dungeons. Mm-hmm. For a but year I think and a half, every single session that I ever peeked into on Tuesday was completely full. Yeah, like every single one. So yeah. it it felt different than than mm-hmm. prior five six years on that first day. I think for sure. Carla, yeah, this <laughs> You're was up. I am up. This was She's my like, first present, time at nationals here. I'm present, present. <laughs> I'm here. I told Mike this on our last day. I feel like this was one of the best IBS conferences that I've gone to. Just the conversations I had and just having being part of the team and I don't know, something just totally unlocked, unleashed for me. Absolutely loved it. And um I love talking to our builder partners, getting to know them, talking about like what their creative goals were for the year, what if we were refreshing their collateral, some of them, many of them want to it's time to refresh it be more Mm -hmm. competitive. It's been a long time since we touched everything, looked at a 10,000 foot view. And we talked about what are their pain points in achieving that some of it's bandwidth, some of it's just overall being consistent and how can we help them? What's the good placement for us? And 
Nationals was awesome. That was my first Nationals. Had a great time. My low would be, I, I wish we had more mashed potatoes. <laughs> oh, get that girl some mashed no potatoes. I, I, I mean, the meat to carb ratio is like yeah. it's off. a little off. I was like, yeah. feel gypped, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's good. You know, the, the folks who help put that on do listen. So <laughs> it's noted. Yeah. There I, needs I'm, to be a one to one ratio. Okay. Was there a salad that I missed? Yeah, there was a salad that you, you missed. It, oh, the other thing for the nationals that Carl is not going to say is I sat here wa- watching. She's like, oh, we're submitting. We're going we're gonna to be submitting next yeah, year. She, she did. She's she competitive. Was, yes. I love it. I was like, I yes, am. you are. Yes, you are. No reason not to. So, yeah. Awesome. I had a great time. Julie? Yeah. So, this was a different um, IBS for me because I was <laughs> under the weather, was a little sick, woke up terrible. in a panic that is a the mild, first day. That's an understatement. Yeah. Well, and here's the problem. I was so excited and I wanted to see everybody and I wanted to go to everything so much so that Mike and Kevin kept being like, stop, yeah. <laughs> like, go, go take a nap. Like, you are sick. So, um, so that was tough. Cause I wanted, but I still feel like I got good time with everybody and I felt well enough to speak. So that was good. And one of my favorite things was the nationals. Cause it really felt like a full circle moment for me because I yeah. worked for ideal homes for 15 years. They were at the table next to us. Elena won OSC of the year. And then here I was with my new team who are amazing and I'm so happy to be there. So it was so fun to cheer them on and then also be there with a great team at our um, table two right next door. So um, that was, that was a fun moment for me. So even though I wasn't feeling a hundred percent, it still turned out to be just a really, really um, good week. And, and I enjoyed it. And then seeing Jen on the stage, I got so excited. I was on the front row because Elena's always on the front row. And so I ended up with her. I got so excited when Jen came up to her walkout song and the energy that I started coughing and literally had to get up from the front row and run out with tears because I was trying to hold my cough back. So I think people thought that I was like crying. No, I thought tears I, I saw her walking out and her shirt. She was in distress. Yeah, it was because like, oh I was gosh, trying to hold it in because I'd. I didn't want to distract Jen, but I, you know, you can feel it coming on. Like I'm about to start coughing. Oh, so if no. you saw me crying during Jen's talk, I was just about to cough. <laughs> so I got a little overly excited. Oh, <laughs> the pink pants and the, yeah. Oh, the pink yeah. pants. The pink it, yeah. pants and mm. the walkout out song. Of 10. Yeah. Yeah. It I was, was just, it was good. And and I, I'm with you on the Elena thing. I mean, Elena's been in online sales oh, man, for 16 Elena. years and, and at ideal for 18 years. And she just never thought to, I guess, never thought to submit or something. Mm-hmm. I don't we, know. We can blame Steve for that. Aaron, we'll Aaron, Aaron, yeah. Aaron came in and and said it's yeah. time. So good yeah. job, Aaron, for that. Yes. But it was so special. Um, I, I've never met her husband, Eddie. And I did, I thought he was a salesperson. Like I just saw him from the back. <laughs> like I, I guess I would recognize him. If if I saw him from the front, I was like, oh, the sales, who's the salesperson? He's real excited for Elena. Why is the salesperson <laughs> kissing Elena? What is happening? <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, that's her husband. And I went over there and I'm telling you, I, I've never heard, like, he just was grabbing me and shaking my hand and hugging me. He's like, oh my gosh, this is the greatest day ever. And, you know, Elena's kind of ro- not a robot, but her emo- she does not <laughs> show emotions very well, easy, we, but she was poised and professional and she was excited. It was she just looked like Cinderella, basically. It was yeah. amazing. 
That was we a just fun, had was a fun National one. OSC Day, and certainly online salespeople do get recognition in their organizations. But if we're being fully honest, not like that. And yeah. I think that's why when when OSCs tend to win that award, they have that emotional reaction. Is yeah, it's like of course I'm doing a good job, but also the job never ends, and there's another month and another week to set appointments. In that sense of like full on accomplishment. Yeah, probably hits you a little bit differently. So I don't know if you guys know this, but when I was driving, I took a a taxi uh, the first day over to the show (laughs) and I'm going along and I see this. I hadn't seen Julie yet and I see her walking and I just tell, I said, tell the taxi driver, like, stop. And I just opened my door. I was like, get in, Julie. And she's like, (laughs) (laughs) and she's like, I got to go get, I'm like, what the heck Mm -hmm. is happening? Um, but she powered through that show and I, <laughs> she gets my vote for like her and her husband, I think, cause her husband's in hunting and all that stuff. I think that there's a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to their house in Louisiana. They're going to be so prepared. Cause they're like, they'll power through it all. Yeah. They've got weapons. <laughs> they're jujitsu. They do jujitsu. And, and Julie presented too. Yes. Like, the next Julie day. Julie presented too. Yeah. So good. Good job, Julie. I don't know what point you're trying to prove, but you know, you win. <laughs> I don't want to miss anything. I don't yeah, want to miss anything. I'm, a survivor I'm not there too, with you guys. Yeah. yeah. I'm you're not the there with you guys person. and all our builders well, very also, often. I, can I just also give a shout out to speaking of the, the online sales of the year, Elena for sure is awesome. Tilson Holmes won. Yes. Team, of the, year. team yeah. of the year, which was a sweet victory. Um, Cause they are two very competitive and lost. Uh, or won silver last year. So it was really cool to see them come back and win gold this year. And then we met the rookie, Courtney. Yeah, yesterday, yeah. Yesterday on Opt, which was super cool. She's poised and confident. And that was really cool to to see as well. Kevin, did you give your stuff yet? I didn't. I was, All right. I was worried Take us we were going to run out of time. No, but, we got you. Okay. Don't worry. I think what was really interesting, I spent a lot of time talking to um, software companies and technology partnerships, and it's not really the wheelhouse that I think naturally I want to, but I keep finding myself drawn into this because uh, at the end of the day, we're talking about how much importance there is around content continuing to be elevated, but also the experience of the consumer. The experience is so directly related to the tools that the people in our organizations have to use. And that many of them have to be better. And it's really exciting to see companies uh, kind of reimagining from the ground up what those tools need to look like. Because I think that's the next unlock that our industry really uh, has to figure out is how to get all these systems to talk to each other better, to integrate better, and to free up the humans on the team to do. Like, again, we take for granted in, in online sales world how much augmentation we've done with tools and technology right. to leverage that position. And in comparison, the rest of our organizations don't have that ability. And so the overall experience is not where it should be uh, for the type of product we have. So I thought that was interesting, just how many people are, and how much money there is flowing into trying to solve that problem. That gives me hope that things are going to get better very soon. Uh, reimagining was allowed again at this year's show of of people saying essentially the fourth quarter was tough for everybody. I know that, but it was really tough for my organization because I had no reference points. I didn't know why we were struggling. I didn't know how to attack. And when I would talk to someone in my builder 20 group, they'd say, Oh yeah, we're struggling, but it's because of this, this, and this, and these are what, this is what we're doing to try to solve it. And a lot of owners I talked to this year were like, wow, I, 
I, my eyes are open to the fact that I didn't even know what to do to try to make things better. And, and January's success is giving me the energy to say, this is my second shot at getting this right before things actually get tough. Um, the other thing that no one really wanted to talk about, uh, which I was hoping would be more a conversation was the buy now button. I don't know what, ha- I think there was 11 sessions last year on, uh, buy online. Uh, it's called buy now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I made yeah. Kevin laugh. Look oh, out. I love it. Yeah. Well, the, the meme conversation was so perfect. Um, Jen at the sales rally for the exact same reason you said, Mike, obviously you, you killed it, Jen. That was great. But, uh, it's weird to talk about this without it sounding, but it is what it is. Mike hit it exactly. Uh, and this is going to lead me to my last point is we need more people to take the stage. And it, it wasn't even that Jen, you know, you're, you're part of our team. It was just like, okay, here is a well, uh, versed, experienced expert, um, who hasn't been on that stage before, who is killing it. And so my, my last kind of, yeah, thank you. Now, see, now you feel bad for being so competitive. I hope that was the <laughs> No, point. I don't feel bad for that, but thank you so much for this. Kind of yeah. The, the thing I would end with is that the stage is open. Like I, I, I just think that we need more people to step forward and this is not a knock at NHB or anyone who chose sessions, but what tends to happen, it seems is that we're constantly looking for someone to come from outside the industry to come in and re-spark. And our experience working with builders and experts and all the people doing the work every day is there's more than enough great people to take the stage. But for some reason you don't think it's available or you don't know how to get there or whatever. And, and that's not true. We, it should be almost impossible for someone outside the industry to get access to some of this stuff because we have experts and I would just encourage more of you to, to let Jen be your Sherpa here and, and get on stage and, and commit to doing the work to get there. Cause it's also not going to happen, you know, necessarily just next year right away, but there's, there's a process and a, and a plan to get there. Um, yeah. Take it from me. You just, you got to just put yourself out there and that starts with, yeah, putting it out into the universe. And, you know, Mike kicked my butt into. (laughs) I remember the call. I I don't remember what it was, a Zoom or something. I said, no, you're, she's like, something about the sales rally. She's like, you need to submit. I was like, no, you're submitting. She's like, I'm sorry, what? And I was like, you need to be on the sales rally. There's no reason why you shouldn't be up there talking to sales leaders. So, All right. Uh, that was a 10 minute roundup that went for close to 30. So we're going to end oh, it there. No, get back no, to no, regularly no. scheduled program. Hang on. Bonus, bonus. Uh, we went to David Copperfield. My, my wife was there. It was fun hanging out with her. Um, she came to the nationals. It was so great. Um, but the day um, at the end, we went to David Copperfield who makes $50 million a year, supposedly is how much he makes at the MGM grand doing this stuff. And he was phoning it in. Like it was like a Saturday night live skit. He was pounding hot coffee from two sides of the stage. We're pretty sure he was drunk. Um, it was <laughs> the worst experience gosh. that we've ever paid $307 for. And I just, <laughs> that's my, I'm not going to put on Yelp because I'm too lazy to do that review on TripAdvisor. So hear it from me um, on the podcast. Sounds like a good time to me. I don't know what you David Copperfield needs to retire. <laughs> Um, it sounds entertaining. It was it was insane. We were thought we were in some kind of alternate universe. It was crazy. That is huh. crazy. All right, mm. now you can end it.
<laughs> Back to the regular show. What do we have as our favorites this week? The category that when we do the prep for the show, everyone forgets about because it's so new. <laughs> I have one. I just read a good book called, and it's not marketing or home building related, but it's called Good for a Girl, um, A Woman Running in a Man's World by Lauren Fleshman. So I'm not a runner. I mean, I run maybe a mile, but this is a, a professional runner wrote it and um, I'm reading it for a book club and it was excellent. So if you like kind of memoir, nonfiction, athletic something, you might like that one. It was good. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Favorite. I don't have a specific one, but when I do mention to builders that I'm trying to hit 50 books a year, I do appreciate the go. I got one for you and everyone just keeps oh, cool. your favorite, um, favorite book. So I'm just creating a nice, nice list. I know that it was also Jesse Suggs on our team put together a, a massive list of from marketers on online sales, what, what people are finding inspiration from. So again, I think my favorite is just teammates, inspiring teammates and people in industry, um, utilizing other avenues like you are, Julie, to, um, to solve different problems and have different stories that, that could be applied is, is fun to analyze. And we are putting out a blog with all those book recommendations, but if you want early access to that, you can go to DYC All Access and go look at the thread there of everybody recommending things. Yeah. My favorite is going to take us back to science and technology. I guess that's um, the theme of this episode. And it is something that I've been like involved with from an advisory standpoint it's called Decentry or Decentry, uh, Decentralized Real Estate is I think what that stands for. Uh, PX.com, link is in the show notes. But what it is, is the, and I think I've, I've talked about this on coaching calls, et cetera, with folks that, that this is coming, is it is a way for, to do a lot of things. But the most interesting thing for this audience is syndicating all of your homes to the MLS through essentially the same feed that you would use for BDX or Zillow. So that's right. No more paperwork, no more checkboxes, scantrons, number two pencils, whatever stupid regulations you have to get homes put into the MLS. Um, Rob Hahn is, uh, this is his startup. And uh, for builders, for free, you can submit all of your listings uh, to, to them. And they're starting in Phoenix to get your house listed in an MLS for free forever. There is no cost. And in fact, builders currently would potentially make or get a check back if a home would happen to sell through their particular platform of two to two and a half percent. But the big win here is uh, once it's in the MLS, it also then can be pushed and syndicated through all the consumer facing platforms. So just the idea of you can control all of your content around inventory homes, showcase homes, whatever you want, from the same back end that controls your website and then just have a checkbox that says syndicate this to the MLS. It's here now. It's in beta. It just launched, I think, a week ago. But um, his plan is to, to take it across the country. And he wasn't really thinking about home builders. But as soon as he told me he was doing this, I was like, I know a lot of builders who pay $100 to $250 flat fee per house to get something in the MLS. And then that lead doesn't even come back to you, the builder. It comes to the agent that you're paying to put it in the MLS. 
Uh, sometimes uh, really small builders are sometimes even paying half a percent or 1% for that exposure and marketing, which may or may not happen. So, yeah, and just the time pretty cool. save too. Yeah. Now there's other stuff about it that kind of makes people like, but you don't have to use that functionality of an auction based format. Uh, you, you can just put in the MLS and have it syndicate through and use it just for that solution. And again, it's free. So if you're in Phoenix, check it out. Link in the show notes there to that. All right. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to become a member for free of Do You Convert's all access community app for home builders and developers. I think we have, gosh, I haven't, I haven't looked, but we have a lot of people in there now, like a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have some really bad radio time here. Radio time. Gosh, talk about the good old days. Uh, network settings, members, member list. We have 347 people who have joined DYC All Access. Uh, there's something new in there almost every day, whether it's a news story that we might talk about in the podcast in the future, uh, invitation to events. We had um, almost 40 people show up to this year's uh, Pancakes uh, Over Marketing Breakfast. In Vegas at the show, those invitations almost all were sent out to people in all access as well. Uh, online salespeople are in there now uh, talking to each other, celebrating OS, National OSC Day. So, so check that out for sure. It is for free and always will be. Watch behind the scenes videos from the podcast, frequent exclusive postings and analysis from the DYC team, access to private hangouts, and more. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Yeah. Bye. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Market Proof Marketing. Can't wait for the next one or looking to connect with other new home marketers? Become a member of our private community, DYC All Access, which is 100% free and always will be. Get exclusive content not shared anywhere else, access to private events, and the ability to join a marketing impact group with other marketers like you around the country. Visit our link in the show notes or members.doyouconvert.com to join. All opinions expressed by me, Andrew Peake, Jackie Lipinski, and our castmates are solely our own opinions. Now get to work and make sure your company is market-proof.